Sonic States. What's wrong? Ah, well, hello everybody and welcome to Sonic Talk number 140. Uh, we took a week off last week just because... I felt it was probably uh, about time. <laughs> and uh, Dave was away. Uh, no, you weren't. You were around, but you were busy. No, you are away. Anyway, whichever it was. Um, but I have in the studio with me right now, right here, facing me across the desk, is uh, Mr. Dave Spears from G4 Software. Hello. And he's... Because uh, I'm, I'm on the, um, the, the Rode Procaster, which is the dynamic mic. And Dave is on the... Don't tell him. Don't tell him. See if I can guess which on, the other, on another mic, which we'll have to guess. This mic is nice. It's not bad, is it? But it's not. It suits your voice and it suits my voice. But I'm preferring the radio sound myself. Yeah, I, like I do like yours. Looks better. It's it's massive. If you've got that sort of envy going on, then this is definitely the daddy. We'll tell him at the end of the podcast what <laughs> right. this is. Oh, is that called a teaser? Mm. I believe it is. Anyway, Dave Spears is here. Um, thank you very much for joining us. G4Software.com, um, who is in fact um, working. Um, well, you've been, well you've, been, you've been working on stuff, haven't you? So uh, uh, let's leave it a second. I'll, t- I'll say hello to Rich Hilton, because yeah. we've also got Rich Hilton uh, here from Connecticut. I guess you're back from the Caribbean, right? I'm back. I can tell because your audio quality has improved. Yeah, you know, I listened to that podcast and it was it's, it's downright humiliating. <laughs> I take Perhaps. it as a personal point of pride, and it was not very good. Uh, Dave, we're very. Dave is very low. We can barely hear him. I'll turn him up then. Can you speak again? That could be because of my mic. No, it's just because I haven't s- s- tweaked it to to fit your perfect. Your dynamics. Oh, all right. Well, Rich, it's great to have you aboard. Um, MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius. Uh, I think it's just us, actually. I'm not sure. I think PJ's away. Mark is uh, looking at the kid, looking after kids. And I think uh, PJ is, um, maybe he said he was going on holiday, but Dave Robinson is his 40th birthday today. Yay, Dave. Happy birthday, Dave. Happy birthday, Dave. He's uh, ensconced in a pub. I did try to organise it so that we could actually go and do the podcast in a pub um, (laughs) just outside his work, but it was kind of, you know, just didn't work out. So Dave is having a drink on me. He's not, actually. He's paying for it himself. (laughs) Or probably not. (laughs) But anyway, I hope he's having a lovely time and uh, he doesn't end up, um, you know, in prison or anything (laughs) terrible happening to him. Until tomorrow. So anyway, um, it's been quite, a, we've had a couple of weeks off, like I said. Uh, oh, hello to everybody in the chat room. Uh, in case I know I say this every week, every week I say um, sonicstate.com forward slash live is where there is a live chat room and you can listen to us recording this very podcast. If you're listening to this as a as a download, then obviously you missed it, but maybe you could come along next time. Uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live at about 4pm or UK time on a Wednesday. So uh, if uh, anyone's here for the first time, welcome. And if anyone's here for the second time or more, thanks for coming back. We obviously haven't disappointed you too much. So uh, thanks for joining us. So anyway... Uh, oh, let, I better find my notes. Hold on, I'm on paper this week because uh, we're sharing screens because uh, I've got two people in the studio. So the first really big news is the Mackie Universal Driver. And let me just play you a uh, a sound clip because I have one of those uh, <laughs> lined up. And now, uh, is this going to work? This is the interesting part. Right. You have been identified as a custodian of information within the pro audio industry. You have just received a package. Inside that package, you will find a top-secret Mackie mixer alongside a copy of Pro Tools. There are also detailed printed instructions. Please take a second now to take those out and read them. By now, the gravity of the information we are giving you may be sinking in. 
A long time ago, we asked ourselves, wouldn't it be nice if we could play together? The time for change is now. This communication is top secret, but under no other circumstances are you to tell any of your loyal following about this information. We will be watching you at all times. If we hear that you have told anyone, the dog gets it. <laughs> and that was the dog getting it, because I have told everybody. Uh, Dave's looking around like there was a real dog in the studio. There's a dog bowl over there. <laughs> That's true, but that no wasn't. Dog. <laughs> the dog has got it. Uh, two things. First thing is, I was quite chuffed that we actually got one of these, because uh, we're only one of three outlets in the UK who got this. I'm mentioning no other names, but um, I'm feeling quite, you know, honoured and stuff. And secondly, um, it's quite a big deal, isn't it? It Basically, there's a universal driver from Mackie. Uh, it came out with... With the package, I've plugged it in. We're using the Onyx 820i at the moment as the sound um, source and mixing device for this very show and the Firewire audio interface, which may indeed be the reason that my call recorder doesn't work, but I'll have to look into that later. And (laughs) it does work with M-powered only, not LE, but it's quite a big and audacious, or might say bodacious move. It's not totally clear as to whether or not this is sanctioned or not. I spoke immediately spoke to Mackie and said, so you've told me this, what am I supposed to do? And they said, well, you know, actually we'd like you to leak it. So I'm like, okay, I'm up for that, but I'm a bit concerned that maybe I'm uh, just a pawn in your, in your, in your large political game. <laughs> but, um, and they said that they'd be talking to, uh, to Avid, uh, and you know, it's all kind of in hand. So my next call was obviously to uh, M Audio uh, and the, the quote was there are people in important legal offices looking through big books and scratching heads. So I'd say that's sort of fairly unequivocally clear as mud. Mm. <laughs> what do you think Rich you're a you're a Pro Tools user. Does will this make any difference to your life? Could it? Would you like to use a Mackie Onyx device with your Pro Tools rig? You know, well, certainly there's benefit to the consumer if they have their choice of input path to a Pro Tools rig. I mean, that is nothing but good news for everybody out here. Whether it's legal or not is, of course, the interesting question. To what extent can they protect themselves from other people doing that? At what point does it become a violation of whatever it is they think they own about what's in my computer? Uh, yeah, um, but, uh, well, it's just, uh, it, the, the thing that really struck struck me immediately about this was um great because i like mackie mixes and uh, you know i love m audio stuff too but mackie mixes have the edge when it comes to sort of mixing hardware and they don't make well what they actually said is oh well they don't really make anything that's like this and in fact they do they make the nrv10 which is in fact a firewire mixer but i would have to say and i would you know in, in, in with the greatest possible respect um it's not a mackie so I think, um, really, there it, it reminded me a little bit of the Palm Pre and iTunes kind of scenario, where Palm Pre are saying that their their f- smartphone will kind of work with iTunes and sync with iTunes, and Apple are saying, no, you won't, get lost, and they keep sort of changing, releasing iterations of drivers and iTunes and stuff, so it doesn't happen anymore. And I'm wondering if we're getting into this kind of situation, and the idea of kind of releasing this uh, information in a sort of clandestine and uh, viral, may I say, viral kind of way, might tip the boat but I, d- I don't know what they would have to um i don't know what avid have got or digi design have got to gain from it does anyone do you know <laughs> dave mm. Mm. i can't really say very much obviously because um you're distributed by M- they're your record company aren't they yes <laughs> we're, we're their bitches um no i can just prelude it with a story that 
um, every time we release anything, they have to look at our patch names, and we couldn't get away with the word bow job for the string machine. So, ah, oh. <laughs> or ass. Yeah. Well, yes. That was a share price. No, that <laughs> <laughs> a share price no, issue. Somebody said to me. That would be a share price issue, but it wasn't anybody who worked with Avid. Oh, of course it um, wouldn't. So, yeah, no, I could imagine there'd be a few people scratching their heads, but I don't really see the big problem. Me, no, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, I wonder whether it's likely to likely to work. I mean, I haven't actually installed it yet because I thought I'd better wait till at least I've done the podcast. Because, uh, and I've, in fact, I've still got the CD in the CD driver to lug it around because I can't eject it without rebooting the Mac and initiate, instantiating the kind of the new driver and the software. And I, I'm f- sort of, I don't feel like I'm ready for that. Um, but I'm going to check it out. I mean, I think it would make sense, um, certainly from a tracking point of view, if I could take like a, this Mackie Onyx mixer, my laptop, and, you know, no other dongles and just MPad, I could, I could, you know, use it as a little writing setup and I'd have the, the front end and mixing capabilities to, to with what, you know, what essentially, you know, Mackie is saying Pro Tools is great software. Let's, let's have some of that, mm. <laughs> I think. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, I think one clue is to the uh, culpability aspect that can be viewed through, I mean, Apogee makes plenty of stuff that interfaces with their card systems and uh, I believe other companies do too I, I know people use Prism interfaces but it's still tied to the card isn't it an M audio uh, M powered stuff is not it's tied to a presumably it's a driver signing thing or something like that isn't it uh, probably yes and certainly they love their hardware sales I mean in answer to your question about what do they have to protect here it's their hardware sales you basically want to use their software you have to buy their hardware mm. and uh, now that would be less so as it is in the card based systems less so I mean you can choose to use their interface or not with the card based system yeah I guess so that's true well uh, I mean it's big news it's probably the biggest news we've had for ages on sonic and i was fortunate enough to be able to break it um and uh, and yeah so i think there's, it's going to run and run apparently uh mackie will be uh making a, an official announcement sometime early september uh and it's going to be the onyx 820i which is what i've got here which is an eight input uh, alt bus and two output fire interface combined with the mixing desk uh, is I think about six nine nine US, and then you're gonna have to pay two four nine for your um, Pro Tools empowered. So watch this space, and we'll see. I mean, I'm sure you know it's going to be good publicity for both companies while they mess about and figure out what's going to happen, isn't it? Could be, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a certain amount of uh, mystery appeal for sure <laughs> amongst amongst the small portion of the population. A ton of speculation. A ton of speculation. Still, that's what we're all about. Certainly speculation here. is news now. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, it beats the real it stuff. <laughs> it is. It's such summer. and such may occur. It's the silly season. <laughs> Have you ever thought that this might happen? Yes. Well, um, the next bit of news uh, also gets an audio clip you'll be pleased to hear. With Logic Pro 9, you can easily move tracks and other settings between different projects. For this song, we had a better recording of the drums from a session a couple days ago, so it's easy to delete these drum tracks and then import the better ones from another session. Just select a new source project and open it. In the Track Import window, select the tracks you want. You can also choose exactly what you need from each track, including content, plugins, sends, and automation. So they'll come into your project sounding great. Then simply click Add, and the tracks are added to your song with all of their settings intact. Except one problem. 
Ooh, that is out of time, For that session, Train wreck. the song was recorded at a different tempo, and these drum tracks don't fit. Simply open the mixer, group the tracks to ensure phase-accurate flexing, enable flex view. And that sort of stuff. So that covers two. <laughs> Logic 9, basically. This is all about Apple's Logic 9, um, which is... Um, well, it was released on Monday. To, we were all a bit taken aback by it. Nobody expected it. I expect you knew about it, Dave, because you were an Apple developer, aren't you? Yeah, but I didn't. It was weird, actually, because a friend of mine had started some kind of Apple petition for to stop Apple being so secretive about stuff on, uh, with specifically with regards to Logic, and he put it up. And then the day later, Logic 9 was announced, and everyone went, wow, we what? thought they were just going to ignore you. It's <laughs> <laughs> the quickest petition worked ever. Yeah, so you think it actually did work? No, I don't think so at all. <laughs> and I don't think they'll ever talk to him again. But um, pretty... It, it looks, on the face of it, it looks like, yeah, yeah, so what? But flex time is kind of looks a bit like audio markers in Ableton Live, mm. which, let's face it, has been a long time coming, because with um, certainly with Pro Tools and pretty much every other door, they've had this for a while. Yeah. And the time, the time manipulation in Logic has been pants for ages. I mean, it's just, you know, they've never really known this. I've not tried it, but it looks like it's going to work. But the thing that really interests me is this um, selective track import. Because this is something, I don't know if anybody ever uses Logic, um, but, you know, you work, say you get a, a really nice drum sound, and you've got, you know, even if you just use an ESX24 multi-outputs, and you've got, uh, you process the bass drum separately, you've got different side chains, you've got all these different outputs going on, and you've got this really nice thing going on, and you think, yeah, I could do with that sound in my, another project. It's just like, nope, I'm sorry, you don't get that. It doesn't work. And that is really irritating. And this new uh, selective track import allows you to, you bring in stuff, you can either take the content, the plugins, the I.O. stuff, everything will c can come in. And that is a really big deal. And I think that is actually um, really going to make a big difference. I know, R Rich, your m most of your life happens in Pro Tools, but I know you do follow what Logic right. does. I mean, what have you made of this update? Well, the first feature you described, the flex time stuff, the, uh, the you know, everybody's copying Ableton stuff, um, is them catching up to Ableton and Pro Tools on the flex time thing in that order yeah. and then the bit about importing selected bits of other sessions track data is directly tied to pro tools yeah i mean you've been able to do that for ages haven't you it's a fantastic feature and i use it all the time to import just like a plug-in that i know i had on another setting you know whatever a session so um they've brought in a lot of features and they're making a big deal about them um, that other people, yeah. they're catching up. It's almost like Windows, watching Windows chasing the Apple OS. Uh, they're catching up. And um, this, you know, you'll recall when Logic 8 came out, I was lavishing praise upon them for the amount, sheer amount of stuff you get for 500 bucks. Yeah. And if you're a new user, I will continue to lavish praise. <laughs> you get a tremendous amount of stuff. For your five hundred bucks. That said, I don't get it as a two hundred dollar upgrade. Right. Um, it's a bunch of features, most of which are playing catch up with their primary competition, and they must know that. And uh, they're leaning real heavy on that guitar amp sim mm. in the um, in the promotion. It's like you know, hey, we've got a you know nice gooey you know guitar amp for you too, yeah. and it's like okay, cool. There's a lot of those. You know, I already have a few of those. That's great, and I'll probably try that one too. But um, it just, it's a nice set of features. Just think it's too it expensive. It rounds out their program very well. 
but it doesn't feel like a full version number to me. It feels like 8.1, 8.2, whatever. It, and uh, and I think 200 bucks is a lot to ask of it, people it, who have the other 98% of those features. It seems to me like it's a, an update for professionals, and it does actually seem, when I was reading through the literature and watching the videos and stuff, a lot of these features are things that if you're actually a pro rather than, you know, just someone who wants to make some music, these, the, a lot of this stuff is really useful. And it's nice to see a hardware manufacturer really acknowledging that this stuff is kind of going to be going in the studio and then going out live. There's also updates to main stage, which look really, you know, cause main stage one was all yeah. singing, all dancing. But I know a, a band who went three weeks into a project to go live using main stage and had to ditch it cause it wasn't up to the job. Mm-hmm. And they went back to using logic seven and running the stuff, you know, live from that with a master computer that, that, that changed all the songs around for them, you know, but this main stage two looks a lot more kind of, okay, we've, we've taken that on board. We've lo- lo- lowered the latency. The one of the problems with main stage one was the latency was just random. So you couldn't really compensate for it very easily. It was too big for drummers to trigger sounds. You know, it was just not really up to the job yet to see where the main stage two is, but they've, they've obviously made a nod to it. There's things like alias channel strips, which means that you can lighten the load on your system by reusing the plugins you've already loaded and you can access the power of multiple cores. Also, this is a really cool thing for actually when you're working in pre-production you can actually edit the esx24 in situ rather than have to go back to the logic song do that save it reload it you know and that Mm -hmm. is a really you know those things are big deals to people who are actually using it in in the field under pressure time pressure as is the loading all the other stuff but i agree rich it's not really it's not going to be a big deal to perhaps a lot of people who aren't using it professionally you know where they're being paid for their time while using it and i and i should say i agree with you about the main stage and i think one of the most significant things they did which was one of the most requested features they provide some kind of audio playback now from within the main stage oh yeah that looks really cool so, so you if can... you're out on stage and you gotta you know trigger a an intro to a song or got or you know god forbid the whole song um you can do so from within main stage well that's one cool thing i mean that's another thing they say they've got a looper and a playback system which and they specifically say whether you need to play entire backing tracks or stems and i was just thinking they're using the sort of language that professionals want to hear you know stems being you know i write i got the bvs or i got a click track or i got whatever and you can run it from a midi um foot switch or whatever it may be and that and that is you know that's encouraging because it feels like they're taking on board probably some of the, you know, some of Apple's favorite bands who were like really b- besotted with Apple and thought, hey, we'll run everything live, who got their fingers burnt really badly with, you know, with trying to use main stage last time. They've really made a difference. And that's good, I guess. Yeah, encouraging. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, the main stage guys, it might be worth 200 bucks too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, you know, you really, really, need- I mean, I'd go, you know, I'd go to seven, but the, just the, the channel strip import, you know, that is, that, I mean, that would be worth 200 bucks in my life. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a drum replacer as well, which, you know, it's all stuff that's kind of standard, but it's not actually, it never was there. So it's kind of good. I'd like to check out the quality of the guitar amp designer and stuff and the pedal board. Uh huh. Because I was never a massive fan of the previous one. Right. I mean, it was mm. nice, but it would be great if they can do it better. And I don't have an abundance of them, so it would be good for me. I haven't right. either, but they're really going after IK and uh, Native Instruments, aren't they? I yeah. Mean, really big time. I guess they have Apogee making a pedal board. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw that little thing as well. Is that real? It's a USB audio interface with pedal board, isn't it? Oh, not something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. 
Okay, well, um, Logic Pro 9, you know where to find it, apple.com. They don't need any more promotion from us. I mean, that was just an, ah. actually an interesting topic. Uh, I'm now going to, uh, I think it's time to do the, um, do an ad. Because uh, we'd like to say hello to uh, first of our sponsors. I'm going to try and do this live again. Hold tight. So we'd like to say thank you very much to Roland.co.uk, who are telling you about the Juno DI, which uh, I recently reviewed myself, and I found it really, actually, pretty damn good, I have to say. I was, uh, and you know, I'm not saying that just because they're an advertiser, and I did say when I was doing this, I thought, oh no, this is going to be really awful, and I'm going to have to say bad things, but I didn't. It's a really, actually, a really amazingly featured keyboard for for the price. You've got this great piano sound here, for instance. You've also got a ton of other Phantom G-based stuff. Um, it's very much preset from the front panel, but you get access to all of the internal synthesizer parameters via the um, the included editor. Um, it's, wow, what else? You've got battery operation. You can use it for mobile use, uh, eight AA size batteries. Uh, it's got song playback, MP3, WAV, AFF, and SMF. If you want to check out what it's like and what I think about it, go and check out the Juno DI review here, and then go over to runland.co.uk and see if you can find dealer to go and check one out because if you're after this kind of thing i have to say it's, it is worth doing so thanks very much to roland.co.uk and especially thanks to them for giving me something that i didn't have to lie about and that, <laughs> that i actually really did like <laughs> didn't put thanks for not putting me in a difficult position yeah, roland yeah. you made something really good <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um yes um dave have you got something to talk about i have yes because one of the reasons that dave is here today is um we've sort of heard dave heard today also that there's a new application for the iphone that's out today which is one of these kind of um it's a pack is it is it a pack or a dedicated application how would you describe dedicated app i would say okay tell me more dave have you been rehearsing your pitch on the train on the way down here? i haven't no (laughs) no because it was a bit of a surprise to me this morning i thought that this was going to be released on september the 1st so i've been kind of I had to work my nuts off, and then I took a holiday after I'd worked my nuts off, and then I was kind of keeping quiet about it. Uh, and then this morning, all of a sudden, we started getting emails through saying, this app's been released. Um, and obviously, I think a fair few people know that I've worked on and off with Underworld for quite a while, and it's an Underworld iDrum iPhone app, and uh, it's bloody brilliant. Hit it. Do you want me to play you? Yeah, let's have some. I have to play the obligatory Born Slippy track because um, everybody likes that, except for my cousin at a wedding who said that she hates it because it reminds her of being off her tits the whole time <laughs> years ago. So this is coming live off the iPhone, right? Yep. We're just scrolling through patterns. You've got 16 patterns. And then we get the kick. Oh, yeah. Hold on, I've got to go and get my vest on. Got the glow stick. Have you? I wonder what it was. And there you have it. So it's looped around. So, in effect, you've got 16 tracks, 16 parts, um, 16 instruments, and somehow we had to kind of shoehorn all of these things into... That, that was Andy. Andy's just Andy's downloaded his. He's just played it. He's got it as well. Good <laughs> lad. So, yeah, it was a really fascinating project. And um, obviously, we've known the Isotope guys who are responsible for the iDrum app uh, for quite some time. And I thought I just loved the design on the interface. Um, I thought that was borderline genius. And I love all the Isotope stuff. I think um, RX, the noise reduction stuff, radius in logic, 
and ozone four. And if anyone thinks that I'm, you know, just pimping any ozone stuff, uh, isotope stuff for the sake of it, because we're somehow in cahoots, just download the demo of ozone four and check out the mid and the side stuff, and you will be a convert. Um, and obviously knowing the underworld guys, so I kind of put the two together really. And um, Mark from Isotope came over, and I took him up to the studio, and they met and they chatted, and they um, just got on really well. So Rick and I then talked about what tracks we could do. Uh, and I worked really closely with him, really dissecting the multi-tracks from the live master tapes. So did you pull up the, the kind of original sessions and then kind of identify signature sounds and find what you could? I mean, how did, how, how did, how did the process happen? The process was we went through all of the Underworld live tracks and kind of wanted to pick songs that you could kind of distill down to, to their essential... Mm. Because cool, obviously you've only got sixteen instruments, sure. you've only got sixteen steps, and you've only got sixteen tracks, as it were, sixteen patterns, as it were. So we wanted something that would work with all of those things, and just kind of what I did was actually put um, eye drum. I think it was the Ministry of Sound one under Rick's nose, and it was quite interesting because he just sort of buggered off for an hour and was sort of tapping endlessly, and then kind of looked up and grinned a lot and went, "What a fantastic toy!" And when I told him the price, he was like, "Wow, it's the future." So, uh, yeah, then we set to work. So I worked really closely with him. Uh, we went through, I think we've got 13 tracks on here. Um, and that's it. It's out. Wow, fantastic. So, I mean, today, well, and it was a bit of a surprise, I gather. It was a you surprise thought it was going to be Friday. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because last week I tried to get Rick on the podcast, but he'd got, just got back from holiday, so he was busy. And then this week I tried to get him, but actually they're flying out to the US today because they, are, so this is a complete Apple fest that we're talking about here, because they're going out to LA and they are playing, I think it's in Oakland on Friday. Yeah. And this will be the first ever gig broadcast to all iPhones using the version three software. So it's a bit of a coup for them. And then we're obviously with the iDrum app. Sure. AT&T the, network's going to be down, isn't it? <laughs> it'll be interesting to see yes, what the bandwidth is. Uh, yes. So it's a, this is a big launch. I mean, I'm kind of interested in the process of it because I remember doing similar things with Gabriel tracks for. Um, I'm trying to remember what the what the uh, the noodle. It was called Noodle or Noodle World, and it was taking loops that could work against each other. And was there quite a lot of tough? Was it tough to figure out how things would work against each other, or is it or Underworld kind of quite? Um, it's very loop based loop stuff. Right. I think the one of the challenges we had was that obviously they're very 909 centric. So we didn't just want to make it, you know, 13 songs full of 909 kick drums. Yeah. So there are loops, there are vocal parts in there, there are chords in there and stuff like that. And and that's brilliant because you can kind of fire stuff off in real time. I mean, I love, I don't know whether you've even seen this, but I love the design. This is great radio. For example, we can trigger that manually. Okay, so, so in you effect, can... what we've done is broken the chord sequence down into the kind of one-bar step. Um, and then we've got toms, a loop, another loop, a ride, etc., etc. And I'm just manually triggering that. For the... Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, once you've got the track running, you can mute and demute stuff. That's The graphics were done by the tomato guy, John Warwicker, so that's... Oh, that's like a piece of garlic. Is that a garlic? Uh, I don't know, actually. It's either that or um, a lot of flowers. some stylized, highly stylized testicles. And you can run it and record it, yes. Yes. Yes, art testicles. <laughs> That's the case. So, 
Did you have to do quite a lot of um, post-processing? Was What was the kind of, you know, talk me through the technical aspect of it. What were the, the, the stuff that you had to do with the loops? Are they balanced internally or are they all normalised and then rebalanced in the app? How does that work? No, we didn't do any nor- – in fact, I did a trial for Rick, first of all, using one of their tracks. Uh, dark train and um it was funny i played him two versions just a kind of proof of concept really played him two versions one where i'd normalized everything and then used and then just set the levels within um idrum and then another one where i'd taken it directly from their recordings and mm. they do record at slightly low level i have to say yeah whisper recordings um not quite but yeah not far off. i've seen it uh, and what All was too- fascinating is that when i played it back to him we did a double blind listening test and he said, I like that one. And I like that one every time. And it was the non-normalized version. Right. So okay. I don't know whether there's some gain structure weirdness going on within the iPhone or what, but it was, uh, that was quite interesting. And he's really meticulous about groove and levels. Right. Obviously groove is everything for them. So it's, um, it was, it was a really fascinating experience. So do you think, I mean, Rich, can you see this kind of um, moving over to, I mean, it just sounds like artist packs, simultaneous releases on iPhone apps and everything else, in the same way that you get movies and PSP game, you know, games out at the same time. This is just going to be the way to go, isn't it? Well, I I don't know because I haven't used this thing. I have used another Isotope uh, iDrum product and enjoyed it, but and I believe everything Dave's telling me and I'm looking forward to playing around with it, but... Uh, is it the future of, I don't know, it's funny because I just... Not you know, the future of music, but, you know, uh, just well, you another... Know, we're talking now about the gain structure in an iPhone. <laughs> you know what I True. mean? It's, but these, it's these are funny. things that and we... you have to, I'm sure if you're at Dave's end of this deal, you have to be talking about that. It's a very interesting cultural place to be i think yeah <laughs> that's true isn't it? it's a bit like i remember because i mean we went through all this it's when i was doing uh cd roms you know the single speed cd roms g- games where everything had to be 11 kilohertz uh eight oh. bit yeah and if you're lucky you could get 22k and if you're really lucky depending on what else you had in, in memory you could get stereo <laughs> but it was all eight bit 16 bit was just out of the question and obviously what what's the what sample rates does this work at uh, it'll do, uh, blimey, I think I did uh, 24, uh, blimey, what did I do in the end? I can't remember is the honest answer. Right. Sorry, I was thinking about something else because I've had this idea. I love the interface of this. And I, I, just, I was just thinking it would be brilliant to have it on a kind of tablet where you could touch. Maybe they should talk to the Jazz Mutant guys and do, because I've heard that Jazz Mutant, uh, the Lima thing, is going to have a new faster touchscreen, polyphonic touchscreen, and maybe they can, um, I don't know. I mean... I've got iDrum on my um, iPod, um, but uh, I, I'm not a patterns guy, so it doesn't. I don't fire it up very often. I like the fact that they're going to try and incorporate this into at least one of the gigs. All and right, kind of start off by playing this tiny little phone, and then obviously <laughs> well, that'll re- truckload of gear behind them. That'll really show up, won't it? Because I mean, you hear something like that on that was something. In fact, that was something that was really interesting about Glastonbury, wasn't it? When you had the kind of the, the bands that were doing a lot of backing tracks sounded really feeble and kind of low lo-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not mentioning any names here, but you know they didn't have a lot of weight and depth to their mixes. Whereas the bands who were playing live and had kind of proper basses and proper bass drums, it was like all there, and th- that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean yeah, the last thing that, that I will say about this that I love is that you can mix and match samples. So even though we've divided it down into thirteen different tracks, as it were you can actually replace samples in one kit with samples from another. So you can kind of do your own mashups and remixes and stuff like that. And that's really good fun. Oh, excellent. And all for a pittance. 
not that I'm on a roll to or anything, but it is a pittance. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, was it two ninety nine and four ninety? Yeah, it is a bit of an ad. But Dave's a regular on the podcast. If he can't plug his own products, what can't he? What Dude, can I've he been do? Working so hard on this. There was because of the gig. I'll be honest with the people in the chat room and the punters. Um, because of the gig and the release of uh, you know because of the, this thing's being done broadcast of the iPhone and the release of back catalogs going on. I was under massive pressure to get this done. So Rick and I worked incredibly hard and burnt the candle, and I'm getting old, so I really felt it. But uh, it was really good fun, and that's why I buggered off on holiday for 10 days afterwards. Yeah, don't blame me. I would have done the same thing myself. If, Way uh, to go, Dave. Yeah. Cool. Right, um, let's see what else can we do. Uh, well, I'm just seeing how many more topics we've got. Right. Hey, that's, the end of the, that's the end of the story right there, isn't it, Dave? Yes, I'm not on the Royals. <laughs> please, I mean, you're pleased with the results, obviously. I mean, you wouldn't... I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, there's an awful lot of... There's, there, we kind of did a bonus track as well on there, which is, which is based on a concept that Rick's had for years and years um, called Bungalow with Stairs, and it's very textual-based. So we kind of thought the problem with tracks as they exist is that some people might be a bit scared to interact and muck about with them because in their heads they'll probably think, oh, I'll never do as well as the real thing. Mm. So we kind of came up with something that has no real form. And that's really good fun when you start mucking about with that. And in fact, I've seen Chris and other people just lose an hour mucking about with that alone. Uh, yeah. I was on the train. Ah, okay. Um, what's next? Um, should we do the Fairlight? Because that's quite a big deal. Mm. I've got a lovely intro for this, even if I say so myself. And here it comes. This week, Australia's biggest ever computer exhibition was held in Sydney. For three days, the display centre... At Centrepoint was filled with silicon chips and floppy disks and liquid crystal display units. Now, for my money, the star of the show was this, the Fairlight Computer Musical Instrument. It's uh, $26,000 worth of electronic wizardry that's been developed over the last five years by Kim Ryrie and Peter Vogel. Peter, show us the amazing things it can do. Well, here we're using a computer to actually generate the sounds that we hear. So instead of having vibrating strings or air columns like in conventional instruments, the computer generates the sound that we want. The, the important thing is the ease with which the musician can... Do you get the gist. That was Peter Vogel, who is in fact... Um, they're, they're, they're looking to release, or it looks like they've sort of slightly announced, uh, a, a Fairlight 30-year anniversary. For indeed, 2009 uh, is 30 years from 1979, when they uh, first released... The Fairlight, which, as we know, has had a massive impact on, you know, certainly music production and sort of moving things on a pace. And um, I, uh, the, there's no more information about it, really. But um, what, what do you think, Dave? Uh, Rich, can you, do, would, you, would you be tempted? I'm sure. I mean, it can't be anything like $26,000. I'm not tempted. No? No. I mean, I'm interested. I'd love to, you know, see what they come up with and how cool it looks compared to what I remember. And the same with the... Oberheim SEM in that way, in that way, and I imagine that they'll cost vastly differing amounts. Oh, they probably will, yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's interesting to me. But uh, tempted, no. The Fairlight keyboard, which was signed by the Who's Who of eighties music, sold at auction for a hundred thousand dollars in two thousand and six. So that's probably why I thought, you know what, let's wow. make let's make another let's make a special edition one. 
Uh, I did uh, manage to contact Peter Vogel, and he gave me some additional information, which is I put out as in a teaser on Twitter earlier. Um, and he said he would do an interview in the next couple of weeks when they firmed it up a bit. So I'll just read what he wrote me, uh, and we can see what uh, what it transpires. The 30A will look and perform like the original C- CMI, although the mainframe will be much lighter for portability. The look and feel of the user interface will also be similar to the original, with retro green on black graphics like the original, but presumably it'd be an LCD rather than a CRT. Anyway, a, a replica of the original music keyboard will also be available as an option, or you can use your own MIDI keyboard. You'd have to use the original keyboard. It would just be pointless, wouldn't it? You'd have mm. to have the... Yeah, anyway, uh, the software will combine the very best of the early Series 2 and 3 features with a multitude of additional features, sound quality of 8-bit, 16-bit, or th- or 36-bit best quality floating point can be selected, and existing Fairlight users can import their entire sample libraries, even better non-Fairlight sounds such as WAV files can be imported. Woohoo! Way, way to go for that extra wow. functionality. Uh, internally, <laughs> it'll be all digital. Uh, but it will use FPGA technology to provide virtual hardware emulation, so it's going to be software emulated, uh, which exactly model the original analog circuitry. There will be 16 analog outputs and a stereo sampling input. Uh, all I.O. will be available digitally through MADI. Uh, for an idea the, uh, of the performance to expect, uh, there was, he attached me the new uh, the description of the Crystal Core engine, which the new CMI use, which is just terrifying, which you get 200 voices with eight bands of eight, individual eqs three dynamics blah 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 on each one lots Uh, we're building a run of only 100 units which will be available early next year prices to be finalized as it's not intended to be cost competitive that's a key phrase there isn't it Mm -hmm. with other Ah. samplers but of course much cheaper than the original cmi even adjusted adjusted for inflation so that's interesting it will be you've heard it here folks it will be less than twenty six (laughs) thousand dollars And the best thing is, over here, I don't know what it was like in America, Rich, but over here, it was uh, the distribution company was Psycho, and it was run by this guy, Jonathan Cole, who I met again at NAM this year. Um, he runs like, uh, 25 years. Mac Warehouse now? Yes. Yeah, that's the same guy. And uh, you used to have to book an appointment, and they wouldn't even let you in the door unless you were somebody. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. How things have changed. Yeah. Well, they don't exist anymore, do they? No. Let's face it, you know, most stores are trying to drag people in off the streets. Yeah, that's true. But it's quite a, it'll be quite a, um, I don't know, it's quite an event really, because just purely because of the fact that Fairlight is such a big, big deal. I mean, we were talking about this before the show, because the Fairlight used to, was sort of represent, after all the prog rock and everything, where people, you know, could only afford, you know, if you're Emerson, Lake and Partner, you could afford your 55 Moog or whatever. And then, you know, the Fairlight trumped that by a million miles, (laughs) because, you know, only sort of three people in the world or however many, not many people, but, uh, um, was it Kate Bush, Peter Gabriel, Icehouse, a few other people could mm. afford them. And then, uh, and now you, they're sort of doorstops, as, as, as is one of your fond phrases, Rich. <laughs> it's quite, well, a, quite a turn, it's sort of democratisation of, of music. There's a sort of decadence well, in the th- idea of owning a Fairlight now. Well, now that I understand a little more fully that he's making only a hundred of them, and that He's actually talking about putting features into it that weren't into the origi- in the original products. Now I can understand a collector, somebody whose career, w- you know, let's say I was Mr. Art of Noise. Wow, that was weird. Sorry. Um, let's say you were from Art of Noise or you were from, you know, if you were Peter Gabriel and you had some sort of very fond romantic feeling for that instrument that you created on. 
then you might want something like this as a sort of a you know 30th anniversary edition collector's item type thing. Mm. And I can understand it from that perspective and only making 100 of them and like that. That, that. that all starts to make sense to me now. Am I tempted? No, but I don't have that kind of money. No, I don't. I don't even have... Well, no, I wouldn't spend it on that, I guess. I'm, I'm thinking more maybe a camper van. <laughs> or a no, holiday let. That's the kind of thing I would spend loads of money on. No problem. I don't You know. never fit it in your room, Dave. Well, I can make space. You always, can always you can always make space, space for a fair light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always fancied a Series 3, I have to say. But I, actually, it's weird you saying about that, you know, it being uh, very elitist, because it was almost like the backlash to punk, wasn't it? Punk came along and kind of did away with the sort of rock dinosaurs of the prog scene, and then Thank all of a sudden it's like, the money's back again. <laughs> you can't come in unless you've got a fair light. Yeah. Ha. Huh. Jeez, but yes, so um, we'll know more. But Peter Vogel said he would do an interview with us in the next couple of weeks, and I can't be amazed because I just saw there's an email address yeah. on the Fairlight site, and I'm thinking, this is the Fairlight, you know, this is Fairlight, they make Fairlights and stuff. I emailed him and said, hello, could you tell me a bit more? We're doing a podcast, and I emailed him again this morning. He said, well, I won't be able to do it, but here's a snippet, and I'll, I'll do an interview with you in the next couple of weeks. So wow. I'm hoping that we can get, get one in there, because he's, you know, one of the pioneers of... Digital music, man. Yeah, yeah. Certainly yeah. from a technological point of view. Uh, his, uh, if you watch the rest of that video, his playing probably leaves a bit to be desired. But that's it. He says that, in, in fact, in the video later on, he says the reason he built a sequencer into the Fairlight was because he couldn't play a note. Yes. <laughs> Superb. It's great. Uh, okay, well, time for another ad. Uh, and this is also a second of our sponsors who would like to say uh, hello, a big hello, and thank you and welcome to. And that's loopmasters.com. They're the number one website and sample CD distributor dedicated to bringing you the most inspirational collections of royalty-free sounds and samples from some of the top producers. they got loads of stuff. It's uh, it's kind of all kinds of music, down-tempo, chill-out, dance, breaks, jazz, trance, techno, uh, drum and bass, all kinds of things from all kinds of producers. In fact, we've got a 60-meg collection. Uh, oh, no, we haven't. We've got a new sample pack collection um, to uh, to let you have. Uh, all you've got to do is email freestuff at sonicstate.com and get the uh, instructions on how to download it, and uh, there will be more forthcoming from them. This is going to be a sort of ongoing promotion, so so um, if you sign up to their newsletter, then you'll find out a bit more about it. And just because you've done it once doesn't mean that you can do it again and, you know, you, you can't do it again and get and get more samples. So uh, check out loopmasters.com. And if you want the free stuff, email freestuff at sonicstate.com. And also uh, check out looptv.net, which is where they put their monthly video cast, which has all sorts of tips and tricks for using their products, a bit of information about the stuff they're releasing, because they do release at an enormous rate. There's like every Friday I get kind of two or three new releases. Right. And um, check them out, looptv.net. So, yes, thank you very much to loopmasters.com for their continued sponsorship. We very much appreciate it. Oh, yeah, we launched Amped this week. Did anyone notice? <laughs> Did you notice the, our huge campaign <laughs> of, of, uh, of video? We've, uh, we, what we're doing is we're launching a new uh, guitar channel, uh, and it's basically... Um, a news and reviews channel that's focused more on the guitar side of things because we were getting quite a lot of people sending us new guitar stuff for news and we thought well we should really hive this off in something different so we've got some great people on board we've got uh, this guy Rob Chappers who's a brilliant absolutely brilliant guitarist and also a real kind of YouTube internet kind of personality and he's got a load of people that follow what he does and he's making videos for us and he's just done the review of the Vox Night Train which is a beautiful little uh, chrome type um valve head like mini ones it's about the size of uh it was about the size of a macbook screen actually wow. 
It's lovely, actually. And he's done a great review. He's mm. doing some more stuff for us. Going to do uh, Boss FRV1 pedal, a couple of guitars. I think we've got, um, yeah, a bunch of things come along. So do check out sonicstate.com forward slash amped. So if you're out there and you've got re- guitar stuff you'd like reviewed, do um, get in touch and um, we'll we'll certainly take it into consideration. So uh, that's my plug and that's the Loopmasters plug. Um, Rich, you haven't plugged anything. Do you want to plug something? <laughs> well... I can talk about some new gear we're getting for the studio. Oh, do, do. Talk a little bit about what I learned while I was in the islands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because you're back from the islands. How did it all go? Because we haven't had an update for that. Did it all... Uh, It all came out fantastic. Uh, Just just the way we'd envisioned it. And um, what did I learn? I learned that this API input gear sounds incredible. And so I've just gotten a pair of their 500 series inputs to put into our 500 rack. Thus, liberating two 550A vintage EQs for mm. those of you listening out there, and um, which are available. And uh, so, I got a couple of new API inputs at my studio here in Connecticut, you know, over at Niles. And uh, let's see, what else did I learn? I learned that you can't count on the uninterruptible power supply to be wired properly <laughs> when it ships. Yeah, that was quite um, exciting. That was kind of like live troubleshooting. Live on live chat at sonicstate.com forward slash live. <laughs> it's funny. I did a bit of a video and everything. Oh, cool. So um, then uh, I fell in love with the Prophet 08 that we put in there. Yeah, and, I saw uh, that in the rack. Just so happens that yesterday, our venerable old Roland JP8000, which is kind of my just having a keyboard at hand stalwart in the studio, uh, decided to stop working. Oh. And so uh, I uh, persuaded the uh the folks upstairs as they say to uh spring for a uh, new profit 08 oh cool so you're gonna use pot that as edition. your yes. ah. oh yeah the pot edition what's that that's the one with actual pots not rotary encoders is that right right, mm. right. yeah it is and um and uh, i'm trying to arrange to get uh the inventor himself to sign the thing oh yeah dave's a nice guy he'll do it i'm sure I think uh, we're going to end up getting, an, uh, hopefully, an autographed version. And uh, be quite a little, co- you know, talk about a collector's item. That, to me, would be something that he should keep, you know, forever. Yeah. Oh, that's you cool. Know. That's really cool. I've had a couple it, of good synths in um, recently, actually. I had the Dope for Dark Energy. I don't know if you saw that review. That was great. I recommend that, Dave. If you want a little, t- um, and, and Rich, if you want a little tiny kind of um, just sort of almost pocket-sized modular thing, it's beautiful. I've been hearing really wow. good things. I, I saw um, Mark Jacks AP had written a really good review on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm handing this to Dave. I'm not. I, I've had it's. It's really sweet, actually. I loved it. Uh, I'm not, and it's so beautifully made as well. I mean, for 400 euros, it's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of near here. There. Check out my review anyway, and you can see what it's capable of, and you know what all of that stuff. Um, I really enjoyed that. But um, we, I, I think we did a, a review of um, uh, the Profit 08, didn't we? Yeah, William H. did it for us. Well, one other, one other good piece of news was uh, I was talking to a good friend of mine who works at Korg, and he suggested a keyboard, and we got an M50 there. And uh, I have to tell you, it's a heck of a lot of stuff in, in that, under that hood. Yeah, I tried one of those at Limbs. I tried one of those at Limbs. How much are they? About 1000 bucks. Yeah. And uh, for what, for what it, it's just a huge amount of stuff and a lot of great sampled waveforms from vintage synths. And some really good programming went into it, and it's actually, you know, quite a versatile little workstation-y thing. It's Very fun- impressed. There are 
I kind of there's a bunch of stuff out there because I mean I think everybody's going for that market because I did the Juno Di review as well and that's very similar in terms of um, you know the a whole lot of stuff available. I mean it's a, it's a it's a lower price point and it's probably not got as much to offer, but uh, it's still a kind of one of those things that you can buy and pretty much you're you're good to go. I mean when you consider you know what the only alternative when I was kind of you know starting out was uh, Roland D110 which I still have in a rack somewhere. But um, yeah, kids, hey, don't know that yeah. they don't know how good they got it. Or an RPO to see in my day. But it's really good to see that there's actually hardware. You know, still quite a lot of hardware happening. I love this boutique kind of stuff. Yeah, love this, this dope is yeah. wonderful, really gorgeous. Um, but yeah, well, that's our new gear kind of talked about. I've also got a Gotham and Demoon in, which um, is a really strange little beast. It's kind of made out of handmade pressed aluminium steel, uh, aluminium plate. I mean, it's real DIY vibe. I'm going to be reviewing that fairly soon. Um, although I was a bit, sh- sort of, I'm a bit scared because they 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 sent it and go, we are really nervous about what you will say about it. And I'm just thinking, I don't want that responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy Campbell. I play in a band called Found. Um, it's not a straightforward band, we're also an art collective. Why we're here today is because uh, we're standing in front of an autonomous emotional robot band called Cyberphone, which we created. It plays music mechanically. And it doesn't just play music that it's told to play. It actually has emotions. So um, there are times when Cyberphone's feeling depressed and then it'll only play unhappy music. And there's times where Cyberphone's feeling uh, excited or happy, in which case it'll play music accordingly. So the obvious question is, what makes Cyberphone happy and what makes it sad? And like many bands these days, Cyberphone's completely obsessed with its own celebrity. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Cyberphone's online, checking the web, surfing Google, looking at its Facebook page, looking at its MySpace page, counting hits. Whenever it gets someone visiting the web page, that'll cheer it up. Whenever (laughs) it has extra friends on Facebook, that'll make it happy. But it's insecure, so it just wants more and more. It wants more and more fame. It wants more and more publicity. And if that rate of increase in publicity doesn't last, then it'll get upset again. So it's actually a model of a modern... Indie band. (laughs) I just see that's that's absolutely brilliant. I think they're actually onto something. They remind me very much of the KLF. What they're actually trying to do is get it signed. They're trying to get it signed. They reckon that um, that the publicity a label would get from signing a wardrobe is actually so massive that somebody's going to do it. But I mean that music that you heard there. There was another video, but for some reason it was um, it was taken down. It's not capable of just that stuff. It's actually got some quite good beats, and you know it's it's it, it does sound it can sound contemporary and quite. It sounds a bit like um, that Chris Clark Body Riddle album with all some music box stuff, and it's sort of oh, slightly yeah, okay. drum and bassy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's it's really it, it it's well executed. But I just thought of um, this kind of ran up the. This is the first time I've seen something where someone has explicitly said, we're trying to get it signed. <laughs> and I just thought it was a great idea and kind of almost a, a kind of um, a lead into the idea of te- sentient technology. 
and, and it actually being an artist that you would listen to and and the fact that what makes it happy and what makes it you know sad is is essentially what we're all doing i mean it's what i do when i publish a website i publish an article i go how many people have commented on that have i had any views yet oh somebody said anything good about it did they like that bit of music i put in there you know and it's exactly the same model <laughs> it's just such a brilliant idea and i think they're really uh really smart we've all been replaced yeah how genius is that? It's pretty. I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing it's Max MSP and a laptop. But the idea that it's got this just sort of hit counter in it, and if people, so I wonder if it goes to the point where it sort of trawls press releases and says what sort of adjectives people use to describe its yeah. musical output and what its first single will be like. Mm. But they're, they're great. The end of that video is brilliant because he says uh, it will be interesting to see how it goes on tour. Because, um, like most, you know, most bands fall apart, but this quite literally probably well is. We're hoping to take it to Berlin and to New York, but we're not sure it's going to hold up because it's beautiful. It's like a Victorian cabinet. It's got this wonderful right. um, needle. Did you see the, the the dial in it, which is kind of it's like a barometer, an emotional barometer. It's like a great big old school v- VU meter. It's br- it's just a great <laughs> idea, and I think it's it's one of the art pieces that I kind of get for this. Mm, I love it. What do you think, Rich? Can you see it? Um, could you see it flying as a, as a concept? I mean, I know it's 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 sort of quite tongue in cheek, but the, the idea of essentially it, it it monitoring itself and figuring out how famous it's getting is quite new. I yeah. Well, first of all, I love the idea of any kind of mechanical musical instrument doing anything cool like that. But um, the way they're tying it into this whole emotional content aspect and its reaction to the emotional content that's being fed and all that that's uh humorous to me in a sort of irony kind of way the way you mate that sort of whole fifth dimension kind of approach to a mechanical musical instrument it in the same way that james taylor's huge wooden mechanical drum machine sure was kind of funny and ironic to me you know so uh yeah Kudos. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I like. I don't, I, I'm not tempted I, I, to buy one of these. No, either, no. I mean, I don't think you buy it, but I like <laughs> the idea of the fact that you that we can collectively affect its output. So it's sort yeah, of got this. Sure. It, it it there's there's a chaotic aspect to its musical output. So if it's feeling low. Maybe I don't know what it'll come out with. You know, it, it but would I, make me want to ignore it to depress. Just it. to see what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> But I've not heard of fan. But they seem like smart guys. They do remind me of KLF, but a, a sort of slightly less dark version. It's a bit like The Sims, isn't it? You know. So when you say ignore it, you mean as opposed to what? Well, you know, write like in other about words, it as you comment walk by, on it. You don't greed it each time. But the thing you is, know, as you're ignoring yeah. it, you're going to be coming back and checking to see what its output's going to be so like. It's so it's going to win. So it's going to win. So there's no way you'll be able to make it come up with. That's hmm. genius. I think it's brilliant. What a superb <laughs> idea. Uh, 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 yeah. But uh, there's some great comments in the uh, in, in the in the chat room. Uh, Zenart says, "Come back with a pretty interface." They're they, they're sort of uh, riffing on the idea of what the record company executive would say to the robot as it came in and asked for a record deal. <laughs> and uh, uh, update your firmware, uh, music exec to robot. You aren't the droid we're looking for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of gags in there that I could. Uh, I'm, I probably I, I probably have told you before how I always wanted somebody to create a sculpture. And call it Uma Theremin. Bring yes. <laughs> your hands closer to certain parts of the sculpture, different kinds of sounds. Occur. I think there's nothing wrong. Are you the kind of guy who likes to come up with amusing names for channel strip um, on the desk? 
Oh, like, sure. I always used to have Oliver Tambo as the tambourine <laughs> track, and also Tupac Shakur as the shaker, obviously. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think there are some other ones. There, uh, there were a few. I don't know if you... But I think that, you know, we need more humour in uh, Channel Strip naming. <laughs> Although, obviously, if you're working with a kind of uh, a digital version, you might get a limitation on character, the number of characters you can use. I had to do that for an Italian keyboard company, and it was they had a load of names and uh, only a certain amount of characters, and they were all called Analog which they'd been truncated to anal. Oh, dear. And I was like, sorry, you can't really use those. <laughs> that might cause problems. <laughs> they were almost called anal slave, and well, I remember they would, saying, not they a wouldn't good take idea. Job. <laughs> yeah. Let's just stop that. <laughs> right, right, Let's stop that. Stop that. I feel an edit coming on. Yeah, maybe an edit. You live people, you don't know how lucky you are, because the rest of the world doesn't get to hear this part. Ah, gosh, it's five past five, and Dave's here, which means, uh, obligatorily, yes. and I've got a pass, which <laughs> means that we're going to the pub now. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> and I, can, I, I, I wish I were there. He's going to play us out with some more iDrum samples, but Rich Hilton from Connecticut, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's good to have you back on your full high-fidelity high kind of sound, and I hope, uh, I hope your, your jet lag wasn't too bad, was it not? No, it's the same time zone. Oh, right. Zero jet lag. I'm just happy to have gotten home safely. I'm happy that you did too. And I'm also happy that you got sort of a working kind of holiday kind of thing going on there as well. Good for you. Well, you know, (laughs) you got to work in a really nice place. Shh, don't tell anybody. And uh, if anyone's in the Bath area and has some offices to rent, um, let us know because we might have to move soon just through circumstance. So, uh, yeah, you can contact us through all the usual channels. And don't forget to join us next week in the chat room, sonicstate.com live, or this week if you're listening to this next week, if you see what I mean. sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4pm Wednesday UK time. Uh, thank you very much to our sponsors, roland.co.uk and their Juno DI, and loopmasters.com. Uh, thank you very much. Remember, free stuff at sonicstate.com for the samples. And I'd like to say thank you very much to Dave Spears for coming all the way down here. Thank you. On the train. Great fun. Uh, he didn't get the comfiest chair in the room, but I think... I'm happy. Oh, good. You got a nice mic. And what was the mic you were using this week, then, Dave? It was a Behringer. Mmm. Food for thought. Right. Well, if anyone wants to send us any more mics to try out, we'll be happy to. Um, It's part of a sort of ongoing... I don't know what it is. Ongoing way of contacting people for free stuff. Yeah, can we have some more mics, please? (laughs) Sort of. Okay, so that was Sonic Talk number 140. You've been listening to Dave Spears, Rich Hilton, and myself, Nick Back. And um, that's it. Thank you very much. And Dave is now going to play us out. With my favourite track. Click.